Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 936 of the Juicebox podcast. In a second, I'm going to try something a little different. Normally, about now, I jump in and say, hey, on this episode of the Juicebox podcast, I'll be speaking with Stephanie. She's got type one, and I give you the whole kind of rundown of it. Instead of doing that today, I'm going to play for you the recording I made after Stephanie and I got finished. It's there to remind me about what the podcast episode's about. I know that's weird, but I don't edit them until months after they're recorded, so sometimes I need a reminder. Stephanie is an adult with type 1 diabetes. She had a tough upbringing, didn't pay much attention to her blood sugars, ended up losing her vision in one eye. She lost a breast to a pierced nipple that got infected, and she's just a ton of fun, tells great stories. Uh, we're going to call the episode Ask Scott or 888-ASK Scott or something like that. Anyway, that's what today's episode's about. I might start doing that more frequently. Uh, what do I got to tell you? Real quick, 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Uh, free five travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order of AG1 from Athletic Greens. AthleticGreens.com forward slash JUICEBOX. And I'm going to run out of time, but betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox, save 10% off your first month of therapy. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. It's a blood glucose meter, kids. What do you need from it? You need it to work well, have a bright light, and be super accurate. That's what you want, right? Easy to hold, easy to handle, easy to use. Contour, man. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. No, uh, no reason to keep looking. I found it for you. You know what? This episode's also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org. Go there, find out all about what they've got going on, including the big event coming up with me in September. Check them out. Touchedbytype1.org. If you ever wanted to listen to a guy uh, talk in person who you listen to talk in your ears, this is a great opportunity. We are recording. And... Uh, you go ahead. And, go ahead. What okay. do you want to say, Stephanie? Or was I cutting you off? Like you were getting ready to go. You're excited to start. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Stephanie. I've had diabetes for 27 years, and I found your podcast about a year ago, and am pretty obsessed with the information and content that I've listened to so far. That's what we like to hear, Stephanie. Okay, not the part about you having diabetes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I know, right? Oh, I love hearing you have diabetes. Yeah, that part I didn't enjoy at all. But um, <laughs> that the fact that the podcast is helping you is cool. 27 years ago is, this is going to be easy. So it's 2022. So we just take 22 right off your 27. We're left with five. Then we subtract, we take 2000 and subtract five. And then you were diagnosed in 1995. Yeah. And at that time you were how old? I was six. Six. That makes you 31. And you're gone. No, I'm here. Oh, did you not answer me? Were you screwing with me? No, I was, I was six and I've had diabetes for 27 years. So I'm actually 34. <laughs> oh, I said 25 and it was 27. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my listening skills suck, but my math was very good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, well, I'm going with that. See how I high-sided it right away? I was like, wow. 
maybe I can't listen, but my math, my math was still correct. If you go with the bad I was numbers. like, wait, I don't think I'm 21. I don't think I'm 31. <laughs> so the long pause I thought was your bad. I thought was a bad internet connection because in the beginning <laughs> you had one uh, before we started. And, but what you was really happening is you were like, am I 31? <laughs> I don't think I'm 31. I don't think I am. I should say. Did you did you decide were you thinking like, should I say something or do I just let it go? It's like, you know, if he wants to make me 31, I'll be 31. No, you, just, you, can't, you can't cheat life just because I'm bad with listening. So all right, so you're are you trying to tell me you're 33? I'm 34, yeah. 34. Okay, so you're yeah. 34 years old. You've had diabetes for quite some time. And are you married? Do you have children? Anything like that? I am married and I have one son he's seven okay and he's seven and i've had him tested through trial net he doesn't have any um markers well that's exciting because you when you signed up to come on you were you hadn't done it yet right right i had the kit and he didn't want me to do it and he finally let me do it and it was very dramatic and traumatic and i should have taken him to a lab (laughs) wait a minute dramatic and traumatic how was it dramatic so did have you ever done it at home um trial net yeah oh uh no but i've done i've done a um a test to see what your blood type is and that that looked like a murder scene by the time we were all yes yes so do that on a six-year-old because he just turned seven in july so i had to fill like that little tube with blood from his finger. Was he, Listen, I owed him ice cream like every night for a week. Was he panicking or was he okay? <laughs> no, he's just like, why are you taking so much of my blood? <laughs> do you think do you think you weren't gonna leave him with enough, maybe? I don't know. Cause I've tested his blood sugar up until that point a bazillion times. Cause you know, right. paranoia, because I was like six when I was diagnosed. And uh so it was just like that little itty bitty bit of blood. And so that's what he thought he was getting. And then I'm like pumping blood from his finger. He's like, this is not okay. <laughs> I've been lied to. I, this is it. Well, well, good news. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any of the markers for type one law. Nope. He didn't have any. Oh, that's great. Very yeah. nice. Um, but you did. Yeah. So when, when, apparently. You, when you were diagnosed at six, were there any other autoimmune issues in your family? Uh, not that I knew of. I have a very limited um, knowledge of my family's history. So I know my mom and my siblings and an aunt and a grandma, and that's about it. So. Okay. So you just don't know, you don't know a lot of people in your life or you don't in your family? Yeah. So I never met my dad. He died of ALS about three years ago, apparently. So I don't know anybody from that side. And then um, my mom's dad died when she was seven. So I don't really know anybody from her dad's side. Hmm. And she's got one sister that we, that I know of on her uh, from her mom's side. And then she has lupus, but she was diagnosed after I was diagnosed with diabetes. I see your mom was diagnosed with lupus at a later age. Yes. Interesting. Uh, Okay. Do you have any other autoimmune stuff? I have celiac. Celiac. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I assume when you were first diagnosed, it was needles and... Good you... old NPH and regular. Yeah. Did you even have a meter? 
I did. I did have a meter. It was the big drop, like basically murder scene again, you know, to get the blood. It changed pretty quickly though. Yeah, you're right on the cusp around that time. Yeah, yeah. It changed from the like the paper almost like strips to the ones that like suck the blood up off your finger pretty quickly, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, how do you remember growing up with diabetes? Um, I did really well starting out. You know, food scales, the handy color-coded book that they send you home with, this many of each food group for each meal. You have to eat it. Oh, you were doing the exchange diet? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you mean by, by you were good at it, you were following the rules? Yeah. Were your, was your mom helping you with that? I imagine you were six, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they would help me with my food. And um, sometimes I would even have to like leave before I would leave for school. And they'd drop my insulin and everything for me before I'd leave. And like send you with a syringe that was already ready to go? They would like sit on the, t- sit on the table until I got up and gave myself my shot and ate what they had already made for me and got on the bus. Oh, but they weren't home anymore? Like they would leave for work just before I'd get on the bus sometimes and have to do that. I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it didn't last for very long, though. <laughs> wait. Them getting up and making you breakfast didn't last very long? or <laughs> Yeah, like carb counting came in and like I got old enough to where they thought I could have control, I guess. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. I thought you were like they got bored of helping me and they were like, eh, forget this. Uh, they're like, no, you've got this. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. It wasn't, more, it wasn't so much I'm bored of doing this. It was like, oh, I think you've got this. I know you're 10. <laughs> but you were, and you were carp counting at 10 years old? Yeah, I feel like it was, it was pretty early on. They switched over to the carb counting and then I went to Humalog from regular and NPH and they finally started letting me carb count. The pump came out early on, but it was a fight to get it. One endo would say, you know, you have good enough control. You don't need the pump. And then another, then, you know, my blood sugars would go crazy because I'm like, I'm getting that pump. (laughs) And then the next minute it would be like, your blood sugar is out of control. You can't have the pump. And uh, my mom moved, my mom and I moved a lot when I was younger. So we're like all over the country. And my mom finally took a job working in a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, she convinced her doctor to write me a prescription, even though he was not my doctor for the pump and got me the pump. What? What? Wait, hold on a second. What, why are you moving around the country so much? Oh my gosh. I hope my mom doesn't listen to. This. Oh, I, I listen. <laughs> she's not going to listen. If you don't tell her, how would she I know? know about how, how old's your mom? <laughs> my mom. Yeah. Um, I should know that. Well, you were so sure about how she old was- you are, but now look. She was born in 69, I can tell you that. Oh, 79, 89, 99, 2009, 2019, 2021, 22. Your mom is, wait, 53? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Stephanie, did your mom have you when she was 12? No, she was 19. 19? I'm 19 years older than her. Okay. By the way, anything under 25 is 12. That's all I meant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Young, I meant. Um, yes, very young. We grew up together. Okay, so okay, so your mom was nineteen when she had you, and you were moving around because she was. She's a, a gypsy. No, not really. That's what I tell everybody, and that's why she gets mad. Oh well, wait. 
Hold on. She just liked to move. Okay. But she's not a, she's not a, I don't, are, are gypsies like a, are they, I don't even know. Oh, no, she says that gypsies don't take baths, so she doesn't like to, me to tell people that she was a gypsy. I don't know that that's true, first of all, Stephanie. I don't know if that's true yeah, either. Okay, let's not malign <laughs> people for at first, like, like at first. Let's make sure we're right before we malign them, is what I was going to say. No. I don't know, but I always tell people that she's a gypsy because the gypsies move around the country a lot and have really free lives, and I think it's cool, and she doesn't. <laughs> All right, so first I'm going to Google, is gypsy a bad word? All right, then let's see. <laughs> We're going to have to see if you have to edit this whole section. <laughs> oh, no, so far you're the only one that said it, honestly. I, I'm I'm completely in the clear. Uh, gypsy is commonly used to describe the Romania people, R-O-M-A-N-I, but the term carries many negative connotations and as derivative carries even more. Like, oh, getting gypped is one, def- oh, meaning like defrauded or spread. Why being gypped hurts the Roma more than it hurts you? What? This is <laughs> That's ar- not what I meant. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. <laughs> we might have to take this out for your protection. <laughs> I mean, if they're willing to relocate, they're willing to come after you, I would imagine. I would imagine. So, so I've, I know it's a word I grew up with. Then I, I didn't think of it as a, uh, like a slur. But, yeah, me either. Yeah. Well, you're from, like, you live in the middle of nowhere. You don't know better. Yeah. One way or the other. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter that I'm well-cultured and lived in, like, 13 states in my life. No. You're, you're dodging meth heads right now, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listen, I live in my I live in my shell. My son is homeschooled. I, I only associate with the people that I choose to. There are probably lots of meth heads that I choose not to meth to, to associate with. Really? Interesting. Okay. Well, listen, Stephanie, look, I'm not the end all be all of decision making, but I say spend a couple of minutes Googling Gypsy, make sure you're comfortable with it, and uh, <laughs> for your next time of your story. I just figured your mom was like an assassin or a stripper, but I wasn't sure which one. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh my God, your mom was a stripper? No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Wait, your mom used to kill people, Stephanie? Oh, my mom's never killed anyone. Oh, so she's a stripper. I got it. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. No. No. How did I get she's that? Beautiful. Are you at all impressed, Stephanie? <laughs> I'm actually very impressed. Yeah, I'm super good at but this. But listen, she didn't move around the country because of that. She's actually very, very, very um, high up in like the professional world. Now? She just was like, yeah. Okay. She just like took about and decided to have some fun and then yeah ah your mom's got better stories than you probably how many times were you left home alone overnight <laughs> did this ever happen listen i'm the oldest of five so i was the one left in charge oh your mom had five kids yeah oh do oh no kidding and you're the oldest yep oh so you like mom went to work and then you stayed with the kids i helped mom with the kids a lot yeah no kidding Oh, that's a, yeah. that's an interesting way to do you find that they think of you as a parent? Some of them, yes. I have trouble yeah. I have trouble with that with my brothers sometimes. So for the for you know, for the early years, they're like, You're not mom, quit telling me what to do. But now like later on, they're like still calling me for the same things that you would think you would call a mom for. Uh, but they call both of us. So it's like instead of calling mom and dad, they call mom and sister. Right. Hey, what was your mom's specialty, up top or down bottom? <laughs> you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> well, like think of her. Did she was she big and round in one of those places? Uh, my mom is well rounded. Mm-hmm. I'll take Very that. blessed. I'm going to take that as up top and down bottom. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very blessed. <laughs> oh, do, I think we should spend the rest of this hour me just trying to figure out things about your life because of what you've already told me in the first 12 minutes to see how much of it I You can still get won't even get it all. Yeah. All right. Well, tell okay. me. All right. Okay. So why did you want to come on the podcast? Um. Well, when I first started listening, I emailed you right away. I was like, oh, I need to be on this podcast because these stories are great, but I have better ones. And then I kept listening. I was like, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I just want to get on and just talk because God seems cool. And I have some cool stories. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we don't have to judge your stories against the other ones. But if you're going to dummy up when I ask if your mom's a stripper, then the stories are not going to be good. You know, <laughs> but that's a phrase. Where do I? Where is that from? Dummy up. That's from All in the Family. Is that from All? How old are you? There's no way you know that reference. 34. All right. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... All right, so All in the Family was a television show. Yes. And I think I'm, oh no, here it is. I'm right. That's insane. How do I remember that? <laughs> so I think, so Carol O'Connor was like the, he was he was the, the, the father of this family, right? And he was very hard on his wife. Like really, like she was ditzy and he, called her dumb and stuff like that. Like, trust me, there's no way this TV show would, would make it today. Um, yeah, no. But uh, I remember the phrase dummy up and it's from that. Wow. That's weird. Anyway, <laughs> no one cares about that, but me, but I was stunned that that came out of my mouth just now. Um, anyway. Okay. So you have stories. We're not going to judge your stories against other people's stories, but you have to tell me the stories. You can't get in the middle and leave, leave out the fun parts. Like your mom, know. like, you know what I mean? Like your mom was like chesty and had a big ass. Like, don't like <laughs> tell us that part. That's the part we want to know. So, okay. Well, so are these diabetes stories? Um, medical stories in general. Yeah. Give them to me. Let's do it. Um, well. Stephanie, are you nervous? I don't know what you, I don't even know where to start. Oh, are you nervous though? Let's get to that. No. You're not nervous. No. Okay. No. All right. So you're diagnosed with type one. You mm-hmm. are overseeing, uh, um, well, not at that point, unless your brothers and sisters are six, five, four, three, two, one. It's like, so you've got a, any siblings at your diagnosis? Oh, yeah. Okay. How I many? have, I have a brother that's a year and a half younger than me, a brother that is four years younger than me. And then my sister was born the year that I was diagnosed. Wow. Okay. So there was already four of you around Mm -hmm. your diagnosis time. And Mm -hmm. so your mom has to figure out this diabetes thing. She harangues a doctor into giving her a prescription for a pump at some point, which is fascinating. And also we're all wondering how your mom got the doctor to do it now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, Stephanie, now you're thinking it too. You know what? That was not okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to put that thought in your head before we got going. That's Never all. even thought that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was in a bad situation, Stephanie, and I had to throw, what would a- you do so Arden could oh, have a pump? If, you know, if I had to throw, if I had to throw a handy to a guy to get her a pump, I probably would. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right. So you got this. You no, know, all- there's nothing my mom wouldn't do for me. So I'm not. A, I'm not going to even put anything past her. No, I think. I think it's. <laughs> uh, listen, if I'm sure what she did was she asked, and the guy was like, "Yeah, sure," and then <laughs> just no morals probably. at all. Like what, probably. You know, 20- listen, she does not. I I can't even believe she worked in a doctor's office. So that was like already like a sacrifice she made. And as soon as she got that pump prescription, like she quit. <laughs> oh, your mom's a free spirit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even at 53, is she still? Uh, she just moved back finally from Texas for three years. Like she's still moving all over. Hmm. Yeah. What, does she have her own TikTok account? This is how we'll judge her. No, 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 no TikTok. Are you afraid she's she, going to try it? She No, she uses Indeed like social media. Oh, so she's made a big shift. She's in a completely different person now. Or no? A bit, but she's still always been super professional. Even when she when she went and had her fun at the strip club, she was still had like a full-time day job professional. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. All right. So very professional. All right. So so <laughs> how was it going? Because it's a different life growing up where you're kind of overseeing your brothers and sisters. Cause I, I had to yeah. do it and I know it's not not a great way to grow up for you. Um, and it's, and it's a bit of a shame for them, but in some families, it's just, it's what you have to do. So, so you're growing up with that. Are you struggling for yourself or are you just doing MPH and regular, like for so many years that you're not paying very close attention? You're just doing the shots the way you're supposed to eating the food the way you're supposed to. I did that for a few years. And then I went to the sliding scales with the Humalog. Um, I went to diabetes camp a couple of times. So I kind of stayed up for a little bit, like with the newer stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely disconnected from, from anybody else with diabetes for a very long time. Uh, Basically I was getting just my information from my endo when I went every three months, but I've always made my own adjustments and stuff. Um, But, you know, for a long time, probably up until the last five years, I just thought, oh, seven, that's what I need for my A1C. That's my goal. (laughs) Go to touchedbytype1.org. Click on the word programs at the top of the page. Click on annual conference you will see that on September 16th, 2023, yours truly will be given a whole talky talk at the next Touch by Type 1 annual conference. Actually, you won't see that when you get there. They're not, they haven't, they haven't um, announced the speakers yet. I'm announcing me, okay? I'll be there. Count on it. Touchedbytype1.org. Check it out. The event is amazing. The tickets are free. And I'll be there. And if you're listening to the WeGovi Diaries, you're going to know. I'm going to look better in our selfies this year. Touchedbytype1.org. Blood glucose meters. Are they sexy? They are not. Are they fun? No, not particularly. Are they exciting? Uh, No. Are they uh, something you want to talk about? No, they're not. But they are very important. And you can get good ones and not so good ones. But you want a good one, right? And by good, I mean easy to use, easy to hold, easy to handle, and really, 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 really accurate, which, of course, is the most important part. If this is all the things you think about blood glucose meters, you and I agree, 
And I think you should go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to find out all about the contour line of meters. It's possible that your meters and your test strips could be cheaper in cash than you're paying now for your uh, whatever janky meter you got now through your insurance. You should check it out. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. The test strips are second chance. So if you don't get quite enough blood the first time, you get to go back without ruining the test or the accuracy. Can't beat that with a stick. Touched by type1.org's got you covered for all the talking and contournext.com forward slash juice box has you covered for all of your blood glucose testing needs. I'm telling you right now, I've used a number of meters. Arden's had a couple. This is my favorite. Hand to, on the Bible, like we're in court. I'm like, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth is not the truth. I say yes. And I tell you, this is the best meter I've ever used. There are links in the show notes to Contour, Touch by Type 1, and all of the sponsors. That's right in your podcast app. Or if you can't find those, uh, go to juiceboxpodcast.com and click on them there. Or remember what I just said and type them in a browser. Any way you do it, as long as you get to those links, you are supporting the show and helping to keep it free and plentiful. So I appreciate it very much when you do that. I have a split second here, so let me slip this in. Check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Okay. Now, uh, I don't want to explain to you what just happened there, but I didn't feel like dragging all the editing over. So, anyway, back to the show. Okay. So, you were shooting for a 7A1C for a very long time. Yeah, just keep it around a 7, and I was doing good, because that's what we were told Mm -hmm. early on. And I didn't stay up to date with anything. And doctors never say anything. If you're at a seven, they don't say that's bad. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, hmm. How long do you think that went on for? Give me a frame of time where you were just living like that. Seven A1C was good. Nobody was questioning anything, et cetera. Like a number of years in your life. Uh, 20. 20 years. Okay. But I mean, I didn't, there was, there was a definite time in there where I didn't even care what my A1C was. I, I was out of control probably from about 15 to 24. How so? I did. I didn't know what my blood sugar was. I just wouldn't test for not like, Oh, I won't, I'll go a whole day without testing. Like I'll go a whole year without testing. There was times I couldn't even tell you where a meter was. Were you using insulin? Yeah. I wore my pump. So what did you do? You just, it ran your, so the pump ran your basal rate and Mm -hmm. then you just like swagged meals. Yeah. And you don't, so you never knew where you were, but you still went and got A1Cs done. Uh, Well, endos won't write prescriptions unless you've been in their office in the last, some of them are six months, some of them are 12 months. Okay. So you would go because you wanted to keep getting, so you wanted the script, but you didn't want it enough to put more effort into it than the amount you were putting in. Was this something where you, were you consciously trying to avoid diabetes? Were you giving up? Like what, what's the mindset there? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it, it started really like, 
even before I got the pump, like I could figure out tricks to make my meter say what I wanted it to say. Like there were certain meters back then that if you lick the back of the test strip before you tested, you'd end up with a perfect number. Lick the back of the test strip before yeah. you tested it. So, how do you go figure- ahead? Ask me how I figured that out. I'm I don't gonna, know. Uh, was it diabetes camp? Because that's where sometimes people say they learned, Maybe. you know, most of their bad stuff because there were so many kids around and they could share that stuff with each other. Right. Interesting. No diabetes camp. I probably had the best control while I was at diabetes camp every okay. year or for the three years in a row that I went. So you had a sort of an opposite experience there it was a good i feel like when my my parents gave me the control is when i lost the control (laughs) i mean that's when i lost the control of my diabetes was when they put it in my hands what was that tell me tell me though how that transition happened was it just like hey stephanie we're gonna let you do this now and then we never talked about it again was it like a thoughtful transfer or how did that happen no it was like i I don't remember exactly when it happened. I just remember it was on me. And then there were like threats like, oh, if you don't start testing your blood sugar, we're going to start giving you your shots again. And I left the hospital like giving my own shots. Mm -hmm. So then it'd be like two weeks of me doing what I needed to do so that they didn't give me my shots. And then... Then everybody forgot about it and then it just went back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. All right. I know. You mean people? Yeah. <laughs> how people are, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Make sure you do. Okay, that's enough. I'm going to do this while you're thinking about it, and then as soon as you stop thinking about it, I'll go back to what I was doing before. And they didn't check back in on you. Right. Okay. It would be like leading up to and then coming out of endo appointments, basically, would when they would come down on me. So when they were going to get pressure, they pressured you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're walking out of the endo with a 12A1C and the doctors are on them. So they're going to be on me. And then that's it. Then we go our separate ways on the idea. Right. Okay. So you don't take care of yourself for years, like really right. at all. And do you look back now and see damage from that or what's your take? Uh, I have eye damage. What kind? So I'm, com- I'm completely blind in one eye. And then, um, during pregnancy with my son, they were able to save one of my eyes. Uh, the retina started to detach, but they were able to save it. And I have fairly good vision in that eye, but my peripherals are pretty crap. Well, Stephanie, during your pregnancy, you almost lost the vision in your second eye? I didn't know that I was losing either vision. I didn't know I was losing vision at all. Okay. I went for my pregnancy. They make you go when you're pregnant to test your eyes even when you don't have diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I went for that because I did everything right leading up to and during my pregnancy. And when I went, the doctor comes in there, came in the room and he's like, I am referring you to a eye surgeon. He goes, if you don't go and have this done, you won't see your, your son born. Wow. Well, that's serious. Yeah. I had to have eye surgery during while I was pregnant was when that, when you go into that surgery, is there a possibility you're going to come out of it and it's not going to work? They didn't make it sound like it. They sounded like one of my eyes. They sounded like there was nothing they could do for, but the other one, they were fairly certain they could help me. Mm -hmm. Is this, is your vision your only 
um, issue at the moment? Yeah. Okay. So, so, Definitely. so you, th- yeah, really. So 20 years, you, do you think you went like that for 20 solid years? No. no. Um, believing that seven was a good A1C for 20 years. I, I was in good control until I was probably about 15. Mm-hmm. I, even when they handed it to me, I, I tried until I was about 15 and then I kind of just didn't from 15 to about 24. So about nine years, probably. Can you tell me what pushes you away from trying? Is it, is it just the demanding nature of it? Is it that you weren't having success? Is that you just didn't want to, do you have any feeling for why? Um, like thinking and looking back, I don't think like in the moment I thought this, but I feel like it was the one thing that was mine that I could let go of I guess because I had to help with my siblings I had to help with the house and the food I had to get myself to school I had to do all those things and stupidly I was like well I don't have to do this and I'm kind of sick of it anyways yeah it feels like the one thing you can give away right right it's bandwidth then it's just right you had too many responsibilities for your age or your situation yeah okay um, That's what I think it was. And it's not going to kill you right away, so it doesn't seem imminent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my mom tried every, like, nursing homes, making me go to talk to the diabetics that lost their feet or lost their vision or, and they're 80 or 90. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to help to me. So whatever. If, let me ask you a question. If I could have come and found 15 or 16-year-old Stephanie, and I was like, hey, Stephanie, I'm from the future. And you, and somehow you could believe me because I had a ray gun with me in a spaceship and yeah. you were like, all right, this guy might really be from the future. And I said, you are going to be blind in one of your eyes if you don't stop this right now. Do you think that would have moved you? Maybe. No I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's no way to know, I guess. There's not. You know, there are times, Stephanie, that when I make this podcast, I think it's really about being a human being masked in what it's like to have diabetes right mm-hmm. and unfortunately we just have very real and in your face consequences like i don't know i guess everything in life is a real and in your face consequence yeah but you can't some things you can't trace back you know what i mean like you can, it's easy for you to say here's the problem i have with my vision it's because of you know what happened with my blood sugar when i was younger boom like i you know I can right. see, you can see the line through it, but when, yeah. you know, when you, uh, I don't know when you're, when you're 60 years old and you're in the emergency room, because I, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like you have diverticulitis. You don't think, Oh, well, this is because how my parents taught me to eat when I was 10. You know what I mean? Right. But it might be. And you, yeah, we just don't, we're not able to see the lines between all the other stuff sometimes. Um, I'll say I'm a lot healthier than almost anybody else because of my diabetes though. Because you finally, At the same time. when did, when did the switch flip for you? Like, when did you go? I, I can't keep doing this. Um, 24, I was 24 and I had just gotten out of a bad relationship and moved back with my mom and realized that, you know, I was, or tw- yeah, 24, I was almost a quarter of a century old and 
<laughs> I couldn't even take care of myself. And some people have, you know, like my mom had me, I was five at that point in my mom's life. Yeah. She had a, me, she had my brother and my third, my second brother. And I couldn't even take care of myself. It seemed like. What is, so what does that mean when you're, when you're 24, do you have to take care of your blood sugar? You okay? I'm all right. Okay. When you're 24 years old and you, you look up one day and you go, oh my God, I have no agency over my life whatsoever. I'm not making decisions. Things aren't happening. I'm not moving in a meaningful direction. My health is poor, like all that stuff. How do you, um, what do you say you know, when you go home? You know, what's crazy though, is like, I knew how to do it. Like, it's not like I had to like go back through diabetes training or like do a ton of research or try to figure it out. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to start taking care of myself. And went to the gym, ate, you know, healthier foods and adjusted my own pump and got my own self under control. Mm. That, that was like, that was like the crappiest part about it is like, I knew what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. Like I stayed up to date with the knowledge and everything that I needed to do and just wasn't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess then the, the reality hits and then the frustration comes, right? The idea of like, Oh, yeah. why didn't I just do this before? Yeah. It's actually so much easier. Yeah. I know. I keep saying that, but I don't think people listen. It's okay. I'm doing my no. best here. I mean, even in, no, like real, in real life, it's, you know, how, I don't know how often you can say to somebody, look, a couple of minutes worth of effort here saves hours of pain later. And they're just like, yeah, yeah okay. And then they don't do it. So, and right. it's everybody. It's not just you or me or, um, no, I have a really good friend and she has a, a 21 year old son that's diabetic. He was diagnosed when he was like 14 and she wouldn't get him a pump early on. And now he's over the age of 18 and I'm like, I wish you would have got him a pump. I wish you would have got him a pump when he was 14 because <laughs> now he's struggling with like he's doing the same things I was doing at 19, but with no pump. Yeah. Does it make you so, feel like this is going to happen to him too? I'm like, yeah, convince him. And she finally convinced him to get like a CGM. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah. So 10 years ago, you go home, you, you realize that your mom was raising 16 kids when she was your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're like, mom, I can't remember the bolus for my meal. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, right? But um, so you pull it together at that point. You go, you work out, you pull it together. And is it just a different yeah. trajectory right from there? Like, have uh, you ever gone backwards? So then, so then I was still under the impression that, you know, seven was a good A1C. So I got it down easily to the 6.9, mm-hmm. seven range. And I had met my now husband and uh, a funny story. Um, He didn't want to get married because his life skills class in college told him that um, a typical wedding costs like, I don't know, like 15,000 or $20,000. I can't remember how much he told me. I just remember laughing and saying, okay, (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but having a kid was okay. 
was the funny part. And oh. I was like, oh, because yeah. this kid is definitely not going to cost us that much in the first year. <laughs> Once you become an adult, you have to be understanding of the idea that if you're going to live in a modern society, money is going to come in one window and go right out the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to get spent on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's um, th- that's the only thing that's going to happen. That's the only thing I can tell you for sure is I'm going to make money and I'm going to, and I'm going to spend it. And that's it. Like sometimes yeah. I'll, um, I'll get a check for something and my kids will be like, Oh, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to put it in the bank and then send it to somebody. Like, what are you talking about? What am I going to do with it? What do you think? I'm, what do you, what do you think happens? <laughs> they go, Oh, money. Oh, cause now because of the way my job works, I get, I only get paid like twice a year. So I get money for ads and like every six months, basically. Yeah. And so the checks are larger than you're used to seeing, but they're also for six months. Right. And, and the kids are just like, "What are you going to do with that?" I was like, I, "I'm going to pay for your college. I'm going to keep the <laughs> I'm going to keep the lights on in the house." Like, what do you what do you think is happening right now? I like that your husband was like, "If we can just say." Although I have to admit, my sister in law when she got married, she was like the youngest on my wife's side, and my I remember my father in law saying. If you skip this wedding, I'll give you this amount of money you can put into a house. And she was like, that's ridiculous. I want a wedding, blah, blah. And I remember years later her saying, I should have took that money and and yeah. skipped the big wedding. So everyone's yeah. got a point, but I don't know. Money's hard to pile up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, all right. So now you're you're married. Did you actually get married? Just do it on the cheap or did you not? So we... We got pregnant. So I've. How'd you get him pregnant? (laughs) Do I? How'd you get him pregnant? Yeah, it was fun. No, um, (laughs) we, I uh, am missing a fallopian tube. I had a grapefruit sized tumor removed with, and it, it took a fallopian tube with it. And so I thought, oh, we're probably going to take a while to get pregnant. Who knows? There might be fertility issues, all this. And so uh, we start saving. We're going to move. We lived in Memphis, Tennessee at the time. I was like, we're going to move to the coast. Uh, we'll start We'll start trying to have a kid. And we got pregnant right away. Two seconds. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Like, we just thought about it. And then they were like, oh, you want a baby? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did that wrong. You're supposed to make that last. That part's supposed to last a little longer. <laughs> But wait a minute, you just you just skipped over I had a tumor. So oh, wait, what okay. wait, uh, what do you whatever you're banging, stop that stuff and you make me Sorry. crazy. <laughs> as soon as soon as you started talking about cancer, you started banging something. Oh. Did you know that? It wasn't cancerous, thank goodness. Oh, wait, it, it was a tumor that wasn't cancer. So, when I was 21, uh we went out on the lake. And like, I got super dehydrated. I stuck my pump <laughs> in the glove box on the boat when I was like tubing mm-hmm. and then put it back on and then went home and went to bed and the insulin likely was dead. Um, so I woke up with like really high blood sugars and I was vomiting and uh, I tried to get it down and couldn't get it down, which is unusual. I normally could get it down myself. So I went to the hospital. I was DKA hooked up to pump, uh, to all the IVs and everything to get that taken 
care of. But when the doctor came in to check on me, they like pressed on my stomach and were like doing an exam. And I like came out of the bed and the doctor sent me for ultrasound and Oh my gosh, 21 is crazy. Um, sent me for an ultrasound and they're like, Oh, you have a tumor on what they thought it was on my ovary or near my ovary. Uh, you're going to have to have surgery to have that removed. I said, I have a flight that's leaving in four days. Can we schedule that for after? <laughs> and the doctor's like, I, I'd like to do it, but I guess. <laughs> so they're like, I, I mean, I don't really, it's your choice. So I was like, yeah, we'll schedule that for after. Where were you going? Uh, Myrtle beach. For vacation? Yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> For Stephanie, the 4th of July. Stephanie, you make decisions like a girl that raised herself. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> so I went on my vacation and came back and they thought it was like the size of an egg. Mm-hmm. And they like bring me all this paperwork before surgery. They're like, I just need you to sign that if we're in there and we need to take everything that we can. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to sign that. What they want to take? Like if they needed to like take my ovaries or my uterus or anything, they wanted me to sign that they could saying that they could. So you said no. Like, no. So I they... was like, no, you can wake me up and let me know what's happening. So I have time to process. Okay. They're like that would be two surgeries. I was like, I don't care. I'm 21. You can't just take all my woman parts. Yeah. Take all my lady bits and everything. <laughs> my mom's like, what? Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Because I had, like, in my blood, I had, like, some tumor markers, like, that would show and indicate that maybe it was cancerous. Okay. And I was like, well, I want time to process. Hmm. Mom was like, you're wild. <laughs> you're like, listen, you go shake your ass. I'll do this. All right? Just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> so, so they get in there, and thankfully, they didn't need to take a lot, right? Yeah, but- they took. They did take my fallopian tube. Um, it was completely embedded. Like the it was growing. There would have been no saving it. So it was like a grapefruit size. And it was it encompassed my entire fallopian tube. Wow. So the- I'll just say the amount of times that I've woken up at a hospital or whatever and heard that like I'm one in a million. I, at this time, at this point, I'm just like, yeah, I know. I get it. <laughs> well, DKA, right? I mean, weirdly, the DKA uh, shows the tumor. Yeah. And then the yeah. tumor takes. That's why I probably couldn't get it down myself, they said. Probably couldn't get what down yourself? Like my blood sugars and stuff. Really? Well, what would that have to do? The tumor didn't grow that day. You had had it for a while, right? Well, they said it went from egg to grapefruit size in a matter of two weeks. Whoa. So whatever it was, was pretty quick. Stephanie. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then that makes sense. Um, you know, it's funny. My mom, uh, who had a bunch of cancer removed last year, uh, her her fasting blood sugars, they, they were treating her like a type 2. And her fasting blood sugars have been better since they removed her cancer. Oh, that's good. I've always wondered about that. I never, you think like you're going to ask a doctor, but 
I don't know. I don't want to say anything mean. I know the doctor said when I came back and they did remove it and I came doing everything, they're like, you're really lucky that that tumor didn't twist, like flip at all. And like, because it was the fallopian tube, so it could have like twisted. It could have caused like a lot of problems and pain. Mm. Well, Well, I'm glad. Okay, so you get, so you go on vacation and then you come back and you take care of that. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. And then, <laughs> what what happens after that? Like, uh, where does life go after this? You're gonna have I, a baby now. Yeah. So we got pregnant really quickly, <laughs> right. even though I didn't think we would. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't make it to the coast. So I'm still in the Midwest. We moved back to Indiana where my family, well, my brother was. And um, my A1Cs are not as low as what they should have been, but I didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. Even my endo didn't even tell me. Right. <laughs> I was like, low sixes. <clears throat> She's like, <clears throat> your, um, your diabetes shouldn't be an issue for your pregnancy. Your A1Cs are low enough that you should have no complications. Um, just like every time I went in, just giving me a pat on the back and telling me how wonderful I'm doing. And then I went for the anatomy scan for my son and he had a congenitive heart condition. They found in utero. Wow. How, how pregnant were you when you learned that? 24 weeks. That's, that's six months. Yep. Yeah, I just did that on my fingers. Good okay. job. <laughs> you don't have to be mean. So, <laughs> so at six months... Listen, you- I live with a, a guy that does math in his sleep. He has a bachelor's of science in mathematics, so I always feel dumb with math, so I don't feel bad. Now, listen, he thought that 15 grand was going to save everything, so, you know. <laughs> I don't know what hey, he knows. he's got either. book smarts. <laughs> He's got book smarts. Yeah. Well, you've got, got the, one or the other. You've got the other side of it, right? You could, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. We'll give you the street side, let him take care of the book <laughs> side. Um, but so what do you do in a situation like that when you find that out? I don't know what happens then. Uh, with the, the, the heart defect when you learn about it. What, what did I do or what? Well, well I mean, what you did was, I'm assuming cry, but what did they do yeah. medically? What, or, or, what did you do? Uh, so I, they, found out that his he had transposition of the greater bowels, which basically meant that when he was born, that the unoxygenated blood would be pumping through his body instead of the oxygenated blood. Really? So, That's weird. Yeah. So at a week old, they had to do open heart surgery on him to switch it. Oh, my gosh. So they just kind of like... like- <laughs> I'm not a doctor, obviously, but they just like pulled the hoses off and flipped them and stuck them back on again, like that kind of thing. Yeah, base. So at a week, he had to be put like on the bypass machine mm-hmm. so that they could pull his heart out and literally switch all the arteries and veins on the right side of his heart to oh my- the left and vice versa. Oh my gosh, so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And how old was he? A week. A week. Oh, did you think he was going to die? Um, when they first told me everything, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they like 
sat me down and told me the statistics and the odds and uh it made you feel more comfortable yeah they made you feel more comfortable yeah and then is there any like lasting effects from that in his life now nope no medications he go he was going to the cardiologist every year but they just gave him the pass last year to go three because everything looks good Hmm. and it's just it's just a birth defect right they don't give you any reason why they think it happens one it's like a 0.001 percent chance for it to happen Hmm. but if you do enough research you will find that it is more common and diabetic mothers so the 6.3s and the 6.4s though the doctor said they were good and they're not necessarily terrible uh now after doing more research and listening to your podcast and like the pregnancy episodes and stuff um obviously that's not the control yeah that you would really need for no uh, complication. Right. I thought you were going to say uh, that it was more common in people who had been around glitter. <laughs> so, but this is makes more sense. Um, yeah. I don't know how to, there's a, a common argument that happens online mm-hmm. where people say, Hey, um, I read research. that says that an A1C of whatever they, the, the number is, is okay. And, it, and there's no benefit in having it lower than that. And they, they come to me. Even though I say, Stephanie, at the beginning of every episode, I very clearly say, not a doctor, not advice. Don't know what I'm talking about. Don't come to me for anything, right? But they still come to me. What are the benefits of keeping it lower then? I'm like, I don't know. I I said, it just makes sense to me. I don't know if I'm right. But, you know, if a person who doesn't have diabetes A1C is in the high fours and yours is at seven, that seems like more to me. And more seems like sugar content and sugar content seems like um, possible problems. And I don't know. I don't, I mean, this is my common sense and nothing else. I'm not basing there like, well, we want to see studies. I'm like, well, you go find a study. I'm, I'm gonna just keep, guessing. Yeah. I'm going to keep my daughter's blood sugar as low and stable as I can while you go look for your whatever it is, which I'm assuming they just want to make them feel better. Like, yeah. I, like it's not like they're going to go, oh, I found something that said it should be five and a half. Uh, I guess I'll do it right now. Like, I don't know what the argument's about. It's not even an argument. Like, the discussion. I don't know what it's about. Like, like, are you saying you don't want it to be lower because it's you can't do it? It's hard. It's difficult, or you don't know how? Like, I understand that. Are you saying it's because you just don't want to put the effort into it? I even kind of, after interviewing enough people, Stephanie, I understand that people feel that way, too. Um, but then why, do you, why are you looking into it? And the, and the only thing I can think is that they just want that they feel guilty or they're worried and they just want it to go away. Or, I mean, maybe some of them just want to make a change because, Oh, if you just tell me for sure, this has to happen, but I don't know who you're looking to for that information. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't even know. Like how long, what is the ADA recommendation right now? That, that thing moves like every two 6.5. years. Is that where they're at now? ADA. Hold on. I'm going to look blood. I know how to Google. <laughs> I'm going to figure the whole thing out for us right now. Blood glucose recommendations. Aha. I found a link. I've clicked on it. 
A1C. They're calling a normal A1C 5.7 or lower. Pre-diabetes, they're calling 5.7 to 6.4. Diabetes are calling 6.5 and higher. Is this just diabetes in general, right? Like they're not saying types. Uh, fasting glucoses, oral tolerance tests. What is pre-diabetes? Yeah, this is this is type two. Mm-hmm. All right, my Googling. Let me type type one next to it. See if this gets us into a better situation for what we want to know. Um, a peak postprandial capillary plasma glucose of under 180 is appropriate for most people with diabetes. Although an ideal target for none is 140. You see, this is pretty much what I figured out on my own. I didn't need somebody to tell right? me. This. Yeah, I didn't need somebody to tell me this. Hold on. Um, I I wore a CGM and I looked and I had to eat my face off to make my blood sugar go to 140, right? And then it, yeah. and it came back in a little while. I once got it to 160, but I ate like a half a pizza and then I put sugar on top of it. I was like, let me see what this oh does. Oh my gosh. You know, and I did not, I was not having a good time, by the way. I was like, all right, let me see what this does. Um, but I was trying to figure it out for Arden. Like, like what is it I should be shooting for exactly? Yeah. And that's why I think of like, you know, 140, okay, but it should come back and get level without getting low or, you know, probably doing something wrong. I think of 180 as high. That's how I think of it. But yeah. if you're telling people, you know, I can't believe I can't just find this, by the way. Like, this should be pretty easy to. Should be easy. Right? Hold on a second. Let's start over again. Stephanie, damn it. Type <laughs> 1 diabetes recommended. Well, a lot of stuff comes up when you type recommended, doesn't it? <laughs> recommended a 1. How is it possible that I've now typed less than seven percent A one and I don't have a C yet? There we go. The goal for most adults with diabetes is an A one C that is less than seven percent. All right, Stephanie, there's <laughs> no reason to show off. It just popped up for me too. Okay, look at you. You're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The American Di- you're looking at what I'm looking at. The American Diabetes Association generally recommends the A one C levels below seven percent or an average glucose level of one fifty four. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. That number used to be higher. And in a couple of years, when the technology gets more widespread, I bet you they push it down again, right? Because they don't want to go telling the whole world, hey, you got to be keeping a number that you have no knowledge or technology to help to keep. You know what I'm saying? So I understand why they move it down slowly. I don't understand why people looking at it, I don't know how you can look at that and say seven, but what's the A1C of a person who doesn't have diabetes? Like, why is... Why are my goals different now because I have diabetes? Like, maybe I won't reach my goals. Maybe they'll be difficult to reach or any number of problems getting to them. But I don't understand why that changes the target. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. You, and you do see what I'm saying because you, even though you're a nice person and you're you're not real combative, like you don't get upset while we're talking, but you're pissed, right? At how long somebody told you seven was okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's even more upsetting that, like, I I still see the same endo, and I, I, she does have a very flexible mind, and she does support me manipulating my pump or 
getting my A1C below six, like she's never yelled at me for too low A1C. It would have really been helpful to hear that, you know, a 6.3 isn't great for pregnancy. Yeah. There's no reason to lie to people. Yeah. Like, like I think it's okay to say to yourself, I don't think this person can do this or, but they should still know what the goal is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why would a doctor get to decide that you don't get the, you don't get to have the right information? Yeah. What are they saving you from exactly? Like being nervous about it or sad or like, okay, but you, you're nervous or sad now. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you haven't said it outright. But. I, I didn't even, I didn't have a CGM when I was pregnant. Yeah. So you don't even know what your maybe variability late was pregnant, like. Maybe late pregnancy or right after I had my son, I got the, G four and, um, but I was pricking my blood sugar or my finger and test my blood sugar 12, 15 times a day during pregnancy. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know another way to do it without a CGM. Yeah. So, and I was getting to that low six range. I, I don't know if I, if I heard that, low sixes weren't good enough. And I was already testing myself 15 times a day. I could have brought it down. You still think you could have done better. You know, like I was in the low hundreds, Mm -hmm. you know, and in the nineties, low hundreds and in the low sixes. And I, but I was being told I was doing fine, but if I was testing that much, it would have just taken a little bit more insulin to bring it lower. You know what I mean? No, I do. Yeah. Are you okay? By the way, I heard your alarm. Yeah, I'm good. My, I wear the tandem right now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't let me. Uh, it doesn't let me shut the alarms off for seventy. <laughs> oh, oh doesn't like me being seventy. Is that what your blood sugar is right now? Yeah, I'm at like sixty-eight. I got you. so like on my phone, my alarms are at sixty-five. That's why my phone's not like yelling. Do you want to do something? Or are you okay? No, I'm good. All right. Um, yeah. No one's ever passed out on the podcast. I would like to keep that going, please. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want you being the first one because I have to tell you, if it happened, I would definitely run the podcast episode. You should. As long as you were alive when it was over. Because my husband's going to walk in the door any minute and he, ha- that's another story, but he'll, he, he will G-voke me. So <laughs> he'll hit you with a hypo pen. He hit me with a hypo pen the other day. Wait, you've used the G-voke hypo pen? One time, I've had diabetes for 27 years. I have been glucagon one time and it was in the past week. And I can't believe like it, like leading up to <laughs> my recording. That's what I was thinking when you told me, like when I came to and like actually had time to think about it and everything, I'm like, oh man, if this makes, <laughs> if this makes my podcast episode, that'd be funny. <laughs> well, hold on a second. So first of all, let me just say. That my regulatory training, you guys don't know how many meetings I have to sit through to make ads for you. Like where I hear like, you can't say this. Don't say it that way. Don't say this. You can't make claims about this. You can't use this word. You can't use that word. Package insert, blah, blah. One of the things I'm not allowed to say, I just said, but it's not in the ad. So it's not bad, but I, I'm not allowed to call it the G-Vogue hypo pen. Oh, I have to call it G-Vogue hypo pen. Oh, I don't know why. Interesting. But I know I'm not allowed. In an ad, I cannot put the word the before the word Givoke hypopen. So how many times have you had to recall? Oh no, I'm good at it now. Like I, <laughs> I 
I, you can say it in your sleep at this point. I've been brainwashed now. I know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Never say it. But I was in a meeting with them the other day because we're going to do this cool episode where Jenny and I talk about how to use the hypo pen, right? Um, oh. And so during the meeting, I I said it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> And I want just so I could watch everybody's face. They all were like, "Hey!" And I was like, "Oh, oh, I shouldn't have said the. I'm sorry." And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Don't worry, I know it's okay." And then I'm just I, trying to liven up the meeting. I just trying to make this boring part of my life better. And so I, uh, at the end of the meeting, I said, "I will take any of you out to dinner who will sit down and explain to me why I can't use the word the before Jivo Kaipopen." And this one guy goes. I'll take the dinner. And he goes, but the explanation is not fulfilling. And I was like, oh, all right, never mind then. I don't want to find then I don't want to know. I just won't say it. But I want to know about this. So you got how low did you get? Um I was showing low on my um my Dexcom. My husband did not test my blood sugar because he was probably freaking out too much. Were you, were you conscious? I was. He said I was conscious. I'm very chatty. There's nothing I won't talk about. <laughs> and he was asking me a question and I would just stare at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he knew there was obviously something wrong. Right. So he grabbed my phone and he was like, uh, I'm going to. Ha- I had already asked for juice. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how this happened. And maybe possibly a pump malfunction because nothing else makes sense. I went to bed without changing my cartridge when I knew I should have. And I forgot. Okay. And so my pump started yelling at me at like four, four twenty something in the morning. My husband gets up at four thirty, and I was like, okay, um, I'll have him set me up a cartridge and hand me a set. I'll do this right in bed. I'm not getting out of bed at four 30 in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So his alarm went off and I was like, Hey babe, take my pump. No. Yeah. I was like, I went to go hand him my pump to set up my cartridge and it was dead. It was yelling at me because it was dying. Not because it was almost out of insulin. And I was like, dang it. Okay. It's all right. I'm still not getting out of bed here. Take my pump, plug this in for me. When you bring it back before you leave for work, I need a set. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, that's what I want to do at 4.30 in the morning too, babe. Yeah. yeah. This sounds great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so he takes – so the you're using control IQ, right? Yeah. And so it has to be charged. Right. Okay. So he took it somewhere to charge it. So he takes my pump to charge it. And he said about 20 minutes later I called him back there again. And asked him for juice. So he brought me juice and I drank the juice. And he went to go check on me again. And I was unresponsive to him. Like I was. um, But you weren't wearing the pump for a while at that point. Right. So you'd think I would be going up. And I was sleeping. Okay. And there were, there's no bolus history. Anyways, well, what I'm so gonna, think, well, if so, when the no pump, offense tandem, I think it was a well, yeah, but you're not, function. but you're not even wearing it though. I, but I was low, I was low when 
I gave him my pump. So it so the pump, so the pump died. So when it dies, it can't give you basal even, right? Right. It can't do anything. So it's dead. You're not getting anything. And then you all, well, see, here's what I'm going to say, Stephanie. First of all, I'm not there and I have no idea. Right. right. But my expectation is, is that if you count on that thing to not give you insulin because it's it, it can say, hey, she's getting low. Let me take insulin away. And right. now suddenly it's not working. Is there a way for the insulin in the tubing to still reach you? I don't know. I don't know either. All I, all, all I know is it's, I did, it said I did not have very much insulin left. I had like nine units before I went to bed, which would have been fine to get me through it about probably about six <sighs> in the morning. Stephanie, you're sounding like Arden here. If I go to bed now <laughs> and I get up at this time, then I'll have enough insulin and I can change well, I didn't more. intentionally do that. I was mm-hmm. going to change it, but I just, I took a bath. And then didn't, and I just there was no good reason the for night, it. I just the forgot. night before, the night before you you were going to change yeah. it, and you didn't. So, yeah, I just didn't. So from, and so when it woke me up, like beeping at me, I was like, "Dang, I didn't change that." Oh, so I'm you, not getting out of bed to change it. Right. My husband can help me. <laughs> so you thought? But anyways, that, I ended up low, <laughs> and there's no rhyme or reason why. Right. But. And so so he had, let me make sure I understand. He took the pump to get it charged. He yep. comes back. You ask him for a juice. He gives you mm-hmm. the juice. You slope the juice down. The next time he comes back to bring you the pump back, you are Gonsville, not not responding. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then he gets Jivo Kypo pen and jams yeah. it on you. <laughs> yes. He stabbed me in my leg. Well, let's not make I'm it sound bad because they are a sponsor. But um, <laughs> I have hey, a tra- I have a trainer. It's my husband's fault, clearly. I have a trainer pen right here. Pop the cap off, fine skin, yeah. push down. Yeah. And you're done like that. Yeah. Did it, did it bring you back? Yeah. I didn't even know he did it. <laughs> how long how long after he popped you with it until you came back? He said like ten minutes later, I, I I well, I had gotten up and I like came out to the kitchen. I'm like, why are you not gone for work? <laughs> and he's like, uh I text my boss and I told him I might be a little bit late because I was going to stay here and make sure you're okay. And I'm like, I'm fine. Go to work. Like, you should go to work. And he's like, I glucagoned you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, why? (laughs) Is that an adverb? The way you just used it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had to glucagon you. And I'm like, why? He's like, you were unresponsive. <laughs> I was I'll like, well, the fact that I don't remember you stabbing me with a needle probably means I probably needed it, but I'm fine now. You could probably go. <laughs> did he test your blood sugar after you did that? No. Wait, but wait I was I grabbed my phone and I was like, thanks for glu- thanks for like shoving glucagon in me. I have never been glucagon before, but I am gonna guess I'm gonna end up at like 300 at some point, right? Okay. <laughs> He's like, do you need me to stay home? I was like, no, I've got this. <laughs> so, all right, Stephanie, listen, I usually try not to judge people on the show, but <laughs> if he thought you needed glucagon, but then didn't check your blood sugar afterwards, what was he doing in that time? Oh, no, he has he has the follow-up. So what did he see? Oh, he was watching your blood sugar come back up from Dexcom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but he didn't call 911. I know. I told him I was like, I told him when he got home 
after work, I was like, just so you know, um, you won't get me to call 911 or tell me that you need to take me to the ER. But like, if you ever have to glucagon me, I think you're supposed to. <laughs> Stephanie, you are making me feel very good about something. Let me tell you what it is right now. What? I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about business outside of business, but I'm just going to say this. Um, G-Voke and I are doing this one episode together, right? Uh-huh. But it started off as an idea about three episodes or four episodes because I said to them, I don't think people understand glucagon. I don't, I don't think they understand when they need it, why they need it, how to use it, after they use it, what they should do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that was my pitch to them. Like, I think we should do these episodes together. And yeah. uh, I think we're going to, but we're starting with this one. Your your description of what just happened absolutely cements my thought. Like I know that I'm supposed to go to the ER still. Yeah, but I he did didn't. not want to go to the ER. Yeah, but he didn't know. He told me he said the package said to call nine one one, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I didn't want you to have to wake up in the hospital or anything. If you were fine, your blood sugar came up and you were completely right coherent. And I was like, all right, this there's is- a reason I told him, I was like, do you want to know why it tells you to like, take me? And he's like, sure. I was like, you didn't inject glucose into me. You injected something into my body that triggered my body to release all the glucose stores in it. And he doesn't and see this is what I'm saying. All right, Givo, are you listening? I told first of all, A, I told you I was right. And B, um, you know, uh, unbelievable. You are so Stephanie, you are so lucky to be alive, but not for any of the reasons that any of those doctors ever told you. This <laughs> is for this one right now. I mean, between your no offense, but between your mom. <laughs> And, and 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 your husband and the, and you like oh I'm gonna go on vacation leave that tumor in there a little longer unbelievable I'm wasting hey, if I'm gonna die or get like a cancer diagnosis I'm gonna take my beach vacation first Stephanie I have to tell you I'm gonna I'm gonna shutter the podcast right now I'm not doing this anymore here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna set up an 800 number okay and it's gonna be eight 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 ask Scott, that's what I'm doing. I just decided it right now. I'm wasting my life with this podcast, right? Let me, let me see. Does that work? 888. I'm, I'm literally looking this up. 888-ASK-SCOTT. All right. It doesn't exist yet. I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm going to find yeah. out what it takes to get an 800 number. Yeah. And, and I am, And my life is just going to be, I'm going to whip my phone up to my ear. I'll be like, Hello? And you'll be like, hey, Scott, it's Stephanie. I'll be like, hey, Stephanie, what's up? And then you'll go, I have type 1 diabetes. Uh, they found a tumor around my fallopian <laughs> tube, but I, I want to go on my beach vacation first. And I go, Stephanie, no. You're going to go take that <laughs> right to the hospital and take care of that, okay? And you go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You're right. And then you go and you pay me like $20 or something like that, okay? So that's yeah. it. That's what I do. Like here, and, and if this existed for years. Your phone is going to go off. 
Uh, I don't care. So much. I get a call. So much. This is this is 30 years ago. Hey, Scott, I was thinking of leaving my kids at home and going and stripping. Well, no, I don't think you should do that. And then I would like I would talk them through that. I'm going to make money here. There's a way for me to help people and 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 make money. And to be I'm, fair, by the time she did that, I was like 16. I was good. Yeah, it's fine. Everything was great. You were 16, completely ignoring your blood sugar and not taking care of yourself at all. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. 888-ASK-SCOTT. That's what this episode well, is called, too, by the her, way. Her question shouldn't be, should I leave my kids to strip? She would be, should I still be in control of my child's diabetes? Yeah. Well, I would probably talk the whole thing through with her at uh, that I've point. told so many parents on, on the page, I'm like, and I'm just envious that you're even still, like, taking control of your kid's diabetes. I hear that from a lot of adults. They're like, I'm so jealous that you help Arden. Like, and so that's interesting. It really is. Yeah. All right. You're not going to die, right? Because I'm not going to let you down like everybody else has. How's your <laughs> blood sugar now? I am 66. All right. Well, what are you going to do? Let's do something. I'm going to let my control IQ not give me insulin until it comes back up. You don't want to just eat two gummy bears or something right now? Two gummy bears. What do you got? You got gummy bears at the house? I have, I have Skittles. All right. Eat three Skittles for me. <laughs> All have, right, hang on. All right, my God. And, and I'm charging you for this one, even though you didn't call the number. <laughs> Stephanie, I'm not kidding. I think I've just had a brilliant business idea. I got to go find out. I got to go to GoDaddy right now. Hold on a second. While she's getting her Skittles and find out if commonsense.com is taken. Yeah, somebody owns that. Let's find out what's there. Are you talking crap while I'm gone? No, I'm I'm looking up to find out if commonsense.com is available. I think I'm going to be rich. Common Sense is a leading nonprofit organization dedicated to helping all kids thrive in the world of media and technology. What? That ain't helping anybody. That's just keeping <laughs> kids away from movies that have boobs in it. Which, by the way, they don't even make anymore. Way to ruin movies, woke people. Good job. <laughs> okay? Seriously. <laughs> Every movie I saw growing up, Stephanie, for, yeah. for reasons that I couldn't even tell you, a bare-breasted woman ran through one scene. <laughs> it was just, it always happened. And now, nothing. We're all, you know. All right. All right so I can't have commonsense.com. Um, let's think of other things to call it. Alscott.com. I wonder if help you think is available. <laughs> Somebody's got help you think.com. You sons of bitches. All right. Hold on a second. Now I have to find out what help you think.com is. Tell me when your skittles are in. Help you think.com is parked. Oh, this is what happens when people claim it and didn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Rude. That's what they do. They sit on it. Not and then th they try to make buy it from them. Yeah. Not that this has anything to do with my idea, but dummyup.com is also not available. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, if I click on dummyup.com and I don't see a picture of Archie Bunker, I'm going to be pissed. One of these is going to be porn, by the way, Stephanie. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're always five clicks away. Dummyup.com also parked. It's for sale. They people just they um they park these sites and then they sell them. Scumbags. <laughs> Seriously, trying to make a couple thousand dollars selling dummyup.com. Here here's a here's a here's a, a, a little clue for you. No one's gonna do that. Okay. I wanted to make diabetesprotips.com. It didn't av- yeah. it, it, and it wasn't available. So I just took the S off and I was like, here, I'll just call it this instead. Nobody's gonna send you money because you parked your stupid Anyway, all right, I'm going to figure this out at least. Listen, one of your listeners, one of your listeners bought that. You think? They're sitting on it? Yeah. I want it back. They thought you'd buy it from them. No, it's not happening. I want it back. <laughs> Askscott.com, not available. When you took the S off and decided to go with Diabetes Pro Tip, they probably stopped listening too. Good. Good riddance. By the way, Scott Nicholson is a professor of game design and development at Wilfrid Laurie University in Brantford, Ontario. I mean, not for nothing, Scott Nicholson, but you're not doing anything with this website. Give it to me, okay? It's Oh, oh look at that. It's a forward. It's not you, son of a bitch, Scott. He's got scottnicholson.com, but he's just parked on Ask Scott. Uh, give me that. I want that. Scott Nicholson, when you eventually find out that I want AskScott.com, please contact me. I would want this. Seriously. We have to do something. I've listened to your story. I love you. First of all, Stephanie, you're delightful. I love you. All right. Um, But you have battled through so much. You've battled through so many dumb decisions. I don't even know how the hell you're alive. Me either. (laughs) Me either. I mean, honestly, it's 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 ponderous. Is everyone living like this? I doubt it. No, I think I, I think know. they are. You think so? I there are times you want to hear something that's going to sound pompous. What's that? <laughs> At least I know it's going to sound pompous before I say it. So while you're listening, keep <laughs> that in mind, okay? There are times I think the podcast is only popular because I have a I have a firm grasp of common sense, and people don't sometimes. Is that the, say I've lived, I've lived, and I have a ton of common sense now. Now you do. Now you know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what though? Even back then, like I knew that was dumb, but I just didn't care because <laughs> you didn't stop yourself. Yeah, no. All right, so it's not just common sense because I stop myself when I think of something, yeah. and I'm like, oh, doofus, don't do that. You, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. not a good idea. We're not going to do that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's not just common sense. What else is it then? I don't know, I don't know either. Impulse control. <laughs> is, it, is it not a, um, uh, 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 well, impulse control is possible. I was thinking like a, a desire to protect yourself. There's a phrase for that that I can't think of at the moment, but a sense of self-preservation is what I was looking yes. for. Yeah, yes. Yes. Is that not, does that not pop into your head? Like I can't go to Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Stephanie. It's not like <laughs> You weren't even going anywhere good. You know what I mean? So like, like, so so like, not like you were on your way to Cancun or Barbados or something like that. You know, like, you know, I can, I got, I got four days in Myrtle beach. <laughs> I got my, my deposits in already. Uh, so, um, but like th- there was no thought like, Hey, he pressed on that. It really hurt. I should take care of that. Uh, denial already spent too much time in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Didn't. You know what I mean? My knee hurt. I mean, that's not even like my largest like 
hospital stays. That is not even my largest medical story. Yeah. Uh, I was 18 and spent 30 days in the hospital Whoa. and went through like six surgeries. How so. do you bring that up an hour and 20 minutes into this? What do you mean? <laughs> huh? How did that happen? <sighs> so when I was 18, I went out with my cousin and we got nipple piercings. Go ahead. And I got necrotizing fasciitis in one of my breasts. Stephanie, did you lose a teeth? Yep. To a nipple piercing? Yep. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. At 18. Stephanie, I don't want to chastise you because this is a sad story, but please, if anyone's listening, bring those up first. (laughs) We're doing the podcast. Start with, I lost my boob to a nipple (laughs) piercing. Don't start with, I grew up in Indiana. What are you doing to me, Stephanie? How do I, all right, hold on a second. First of all, are you okay? Yes. Okay. That's horrible. I'm sorry. How does that happen? Like a dirty needle? Yeah, not a very clean shop. Oh, my God. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, I'm so sorry. So so how long after you get the piercing? And did your friend have a problem, too? Actually, she had already had hers pierced. She, my cousin was in the military, and she already had gotten hers pierced. And she took me to get mine pierced when she came back to visit for my birthday. Does she feel horrible to this day? Uh, we don't even talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's not okay, either. Yeah. If if I'm the one who takes you to the nipple piercing and you lose your breast over it, we have a lifelong commitment to each other now. Do you not believe that? I do believe that, by the way. I would I would I, I would think so, but I would send you a great gift every year on your birthday. If that right? was me. You know, hundred percent. I'd be like all year thinking about what do I get Stephanie? So um <laughs> so oh my gosh, so you go into a, a hospital, how how long after oh let me understand it. How long after the piercing do you know you have a problem? Um, two months. Two months. And then you go to the doctor, I hope. You didn't uh, go on vacation, did you? No. <laughs> I was at work, and I had called the shop. To be clear, I had called the shop and explained what was going on, mm-hmm. and they told me that I would be fine to wash it with antibacterial soap and water. So, like, at 18, I thought I was doing the right thing. Okay. And it just kept getting more and more sore. So I left work one night. I was working nights and I went to the hospital and they admitted me. And uh, they did the first hospital that I went to did not know what was going on. Um, And when they admitted me the next day, I decided I would go ahead and call my mom and let her know that I was in the hospital. and so she came up and I don't know, it was, I was in, I was in the beginning of septic shock. Oh. So I don't really remember a whole lot of like what was said, but I, I know I ended up transferred to a, um, a big learning hospital in Indiana mm-hmm. and, um, the doctor came in and told me, you know, they were going to have to remove the breast and. Um, all the skin and everything. And my mom asked for a second opinion and the doctor literally looked at us and said that we did not have time for a second opinion. My gosh. That's terrible. And so they, they, so they, they have to remove enough that they, 
they're sure it's not going to keep happening. So they go right down to your chest, take the whole. So do you lose? Yeah. You lose the gland, like the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, mas- the lymph nodes, everything. Like a mastectomy. Yes. Okay, and then did you opt to do something with it afterwards? Like, do you have an implant? Uh, they moved. They made me gain weight, and then um, moved like fat from other parts of my body to my breast. Okay. Have you ever had anything done with it? Like, has it been, I don't know what you would do. I'm not sure of the process, but like, I've seen people have like nipples tattooed on and things like that. Have you done anything like that? I had the option to do that, but I had been through five surgeries in a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even care. (laughs) Five surgeries just on this one thing. Yeah. My God. Because I had to have it removed. I had to have a skin graft. Um, I had to have the surgery to move the fat and tissue and they had, I had like drainage tubes and everything. And so like by the end of it all, when everything was healed, they said, you can come back in and have a nipple tattooed. And I'm like, I, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) At this point, I don't care. (laughs) What, what, so, I mean, did anybody bring up that your unregulated blood sugars might've led to poor healing and maybe that's. Also, what happened? Dirty needle, poor healing, out of range blood sugars. Do you think all that had something to do with it? I think now, looking back, that, I mean, infection is going to be worse than uncontrolled diabetes, but they didn't say anything about it. But you did, ha- you, that was your situation, though, with your diabetes at that time. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I wasn't in very good control. So, right. Wow. Um, how did you find the podcast? How did I find you? Why did you find it? What were you looking for? I haven't had any, like I'm not, I, up until the past year and a half ish, I hadn't been in any like diabetes groups or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to mention something else. This is how I found it. Okay. I remember now. Um, I somehow Facebook ad came across, uh, mastering diabetes. Uh, the vegetable people. Yeah, the vegans. Right, right. Um, so I listened to that book and their podcast, and then like that led to other groups. And then it doesn't matter what diabetes group you're in, you will see your group tagged. And so I found your group and um joined that group and started looking through the post and I was like, Oh, this seems um, like some, I'm an information junkie. So like I constantly have information coming in mm-hmm. book, podcast, something reading. So I was like, I'll check this podcast out. And then like a couple hundred episodes later, you stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to I was s- like, this is a diabetes podcast. I'll stick on mastering diabetes. Isn't very fun to listen to well yeah because they're not going to say things like i've said for the past hour and 25 i have to tell you there was a moment when i thought gosh maybe we should cut out that part about gypsies that sounds like i don't that's kind of like racy and now i've now i'm thinking of the rest of the episode and if people make it this far they're not even going to remember that they're going to just be like (laughs) i mean honestly when i said what i said after you told me about the the piercing i actually i 
I thought I was being facetious. I didn't realize you actually lost your breast. So um, that was uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, see, other people are probably paying attention to what they're saying and trying to be acceptable, which is why it's no fun. Um, I have to tell you, I'm when people come into the podcast group on Facebook, the private one, it asks yeah. them, like, where did you hear about it? And the amount of people who are just like everywhere is, yes. is really something. I'm I'm very uh, grateful for that, that, that people speak about it so well in so many different places. Me too. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, we're going to just stop right now because I'm afraid <laughs> we're about to find out that you've murdered somebody or <laughs> you're from another planet. I told you. I told you I didn't know where to start. That's why. See? But you couldn't do it. I tried so hard to get these stories out of you. You didn't say it. You, you wouldn't give them up. And then you're just like, hey, my – like if I said to you right now – Tell me one more story that's crazier than you lost your breast to a nipple piercing. Does something pop into your head? No, that's the craziest one. Okay. All right. Jesus. All right. I don't know what I'm calling this one anymore. I was so going to call it 888-ASK-SCOTT, but now I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> that's all. All right. <laughs> that's it. I, I, I'm done. I'm done with you, Stephanie. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Although I do, I do want to know if your mom's still hot. <laughs> But I'm not going to ask you, and I'm not going to look. I don't want to find out. But it's just a it's a background <laughs> question in my head that hasn't gone away since like an hour ago. That's all. Don't tell. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't, you don't lie. You're going to go to my. You're going to go my profile, and you're going to try to find her. And good luck. I don't have that kind of time, Stephanie. All right, Thanks. I got to figure out how to get Scott, Scott Nicholson off of AskScott.com. He's Canadian. Get all your too. viewers to email him. Hey. That's a great idea. Everyone go to askscott.com and ask this guy to give me his web address, his uh his website. Tell him I need askscott.com. It belongs to him. Yeah, it's my it should be mine. I mean, not that he's <laughs> he seems like a decent guy and all. Like I'm not saying that. Um I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. He seems kind and generous, which is why he should yeah, give you your website. He's got enough. I need my idea. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just went to his YouTube page. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody's watching this stuff. I deserve this. Somebody get me askscott.com. <laughs> All right, make it happen, guys. All right, or 888-ASK-SCOTT. Actually, I didn't look into... All right, let's just do that real quick, Stephanie. <laughs> Let me just go to, back to GoDaddy for a second. Can you get one with numbers in it? 888-ASK-SCOTT. Ooh. Ooh. Is it available? It is. There you go. Hmm. All right, I have a lot to think about. Your blood sugar okay? You can't, yeah, you can't stop the podcast, though. Oh. Well, I don't know how I'm going to have time. To do, to... You have to do both. Well, then I'm just going to have to make the podcast while I'm answering calls. There you go. Like, in the middle, I'll be like, hey, can you hold on a second? My phone will ring, and I'll be like, hello? Yes? No? Well, then don't eat the nuts. Okay. $20. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it. Um, hey, Help me with something real quick, Stephanie. I'm supposed to make an an e uh, video for Medtronic diabetes, mm -hmm. um, and I have this balloon here. I'm supposed to bounce while I'm doing something else because balancing diabetes is hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna make the video while we're talking. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. I've started the video. I am recording the podcast with Stephanie. Stephanie, I don't think they can hear you. That's okay. This is the right. this is the blue balloon challenge. <laughs> and then I'm supposed to bounce the balloon while I'm doing a day-to-day -day chore. 
to show how hard it is to balance diabetes while I'm making a podcast. I'll be honest with you. I am now bouncing the balloon. Holy crap, it's not that easy. Okay, hold on a second. All right, all right, I dropped it already. All right, uh, Blue Balloon Challenge. It's a hashtag. Hashtag Blue Balloon Challenge. Guys, go check it out. Tag uh, Medtronic Diabetes. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Yes, you'll hear that on my social media later today. Um, this was, uh, I, I want to say I'm being sincere. I don't know what the fuck we talked about. <laughs> but I had a really good time. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's what matters. Also, uh, take care of your diabetes. And I am. Um, not you. I've been both. The people listening. Oh. You're doing great. Oh. You listen to the podcast okay. now. I assume your A1C is terrific. Yeah, 5.7. Yeah. For a year now. That's it. Do you want to say anything nice to me about that or no? Yeah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Really, what's the secret? Pre-bolus, pay attention. Don't let your blood sugar stay high. That's pretty much it. Set your threshold lower. Set your threshold. Okay. Pre-bolus and set your threshold lower. Right. You want to know if your blood sugar is going up and then you want to do something about it. Yes. And then you get to keep your vision and your boobs and everything. Yeah, all Ste- that. Stephanie, you're like a cyborg. You know that? <laughs> we should make one of those movies again. Arnold Schwarzenegger hasn't worked in enough time. He's Is he still alive? He's got to be alive, right? Yeah, for sure. Remember when he had sex with his maid? <laughs> Remember when he went into politics? He was the governor of California. He didn't go into yeah. politics. He was the governor of California. Exactly. But yeah, but he like, he, he doinked his maid and made a baby. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Yeah. He probably got that super sperm like your husband. It works right away. <laughs> oh my God. He's 75. Holy crap. I'm old. I am so old. This is the end. If he's 75, I've got to be almost 52. And his son's name is, is it Christopher? I think so. He's got a couple. I don't know. Maybe it's Joseph. Maybe Christopher and Patrick are with the, uh, with the, uh, the Kennedy. Was she a Kennedy? <laughs> You're no help in this conversation at all. I Stephanie. have no idea. What the hell? <laughs> no. Uh, Maria Shriver. Isn't she a Kennedy somehow? Oh yeah. Her grandparents. Rose Kennedy. Joseph, you don't know anything about this. That's the closest nope. we had to royalty in America, and you don't even remember them. No. All right. Well, <laughs> let's just stop this, Stephanie, because I feel like you and I together are a problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, hold on a second. I don't know that I can say this vociferously enough. Way to go, Stephanie. Way to bring the stories. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing. Also, let's thank Touched by Type 1 and remind you about the big event coming up in September, touchedbytype1.org, or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, that Contour Next meter, get them. The Contour Next Gen is waiting for you at contournext.com forward slash juice box. You can buy it right there online if you like, or go tell your doctor you want it or whatever. Anyway. Uh, it's a pretty long episode, so I'm going to jump out of here. Don't forget to use the links if you're going to visit the sponsors. It really does help. Don't forget to find the private, the private Facebook group. That place is amazing. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.